This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's going, you talk. Yeah. <laughs> you do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. No, okay, so we're going to start off really in the middle of a conversation here, ladies. Welcome, Esprit Devora, to the show. You Hi. are. <laughs> <laughs> you are our first co-host. You are our first co-host ever. I was Miss Jess is having a little time with our baby. Little time. Oh, and, and, no yeah. I didn't know I was the first first ever. That's amazing. You are the first first, dude. First dude, first. I'm doing, I, my hands are in the air. I'm doing like a cheering thing right now. <laughs> I know. I scoped you out and I was like, this girl, she's going to have to be on the show. Because, um, yeah, because I just sense that you love podcasting. But let's really, I we will talk about all this, the brilliance that you are here as we get into the conversation. But I'm really intrigued by the conversation that you are having right now about that, you know, you you're have a podcast and that's your product. Right. Like, that's your thing. Yes. That's your, yes, yeah. And so that you started to do, you know, you always think you're going to have, I don't know, two hours, maybe one hour, two, three hours in editing. And then what ends yeah, up happening? Yeah, more like 40 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So, I mean, I think the, the, the heart of the story is the second I pressed record on my very first podcast uh, ever, I knew I wanted to be a full-time podcaster. I, it's not something that I decided. It's not something that I thought was a cool marketing thing. Actually, I, I quote unquote, like got in, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Me, I got in right before all the, that me, the, this current media frenzy started. So that media frenzy wasn't happening, but it happened like three weeks after I started, right? So I just pressed record because I liked creating digital content based on my background and creating video content. And I thought, wow, you know, audio would be so much simpler because I don't have to worry about, you know, it's so difficult to edit uh, video. So let me do audio. And I didn't know anything about podcasting. So I go to uh, my friend's house, who's a, a reputable startup attorney in Los Angeles. And I'm literally just pushing myself. I'm scared. I don't know how to work a mic. I don't know how to work. Uh, pretty much I don't know how to work the computer for podcasting at all. <laughs> I just had downloaded Sound Studio. I didn't know how to work that. I didn't know, like, does the audio record into the mic itself or on the computer? How do you connect the two? Do you have to plug in the mic? I didn't know anything, right? So I'm freaked out. I'm tired, but I'm just, I decided um, for several different reasons, which we could talk about later if we want to, um, my kind of entrepreneurial career, I decided forget being perfect. All I'm going to promise myself is to keep moving forward. So this was part of it. It was like going to a friend's house and pressing play or pressing record no matter what. So I go, I go, I press record and I just felt like it's like my whole body. I just started talking. It felt like moderating a panel, my whole body felt all giddy. And I'm like, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. How do I do this full time? And I started doing all this research. And this is what we were talking about earlier in all this research I did. I've been doing, I'm still doing on how to monetize a podcast. It seems like podcasting has this reputation of, oh, you don't, you don't do podcasting to make money. You can't make money from podcasting. And I'm like, no, 
Sorry, I had to throw in this out. Like, that is unacceptable because I love podcasting and I just spent 40 hours on just one episode editing and this is my product and I'm proud of it and completely vulnerable pressing upload and it's scary and I'm putting my life out there and, and it's it's so many things that I'm just, uh, you know, it's I have to do this full time. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I, hey, I'm right there with you. And I, I've seen, you know, the rise and fall of all of these things. I've seen the waves that come through. And, you know, it is a challenge, but, but this is the deal. You've been doing the entrepreneurial, you've been doing the entrepreneurial thing since what, in your early 20s or possibly before? Because I didn't read Yeah, I started when teens. I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. What were you doing then? Well, my first, uh, my first was getting involved in just building uh, like e-commerce websites, like shopping. Like I, I didn't know anything, so I was teaching myself how to build websites and how to purchase stuff. And I ended up uh, having the opportunity via my website to learn how to do, um, you know, inventory management. I was a secretary at a yacht brokerage uh, or receptionist, whatever the word is. And one of the yacht brokers had a successful eBay uh, scuba diving business, and I'd never been scuba diving. And he was a success, a wealthy yacht broker, so he didn't really care. And so I said, hey, like, can I buy your business off of you? I'd never been scuba diving in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I bought his business off of him. I bought, like, this whole slew of inventory scuba diving, and I put it in my apartment, and I started teaching myself how to sell this stuff online. <laughs> so, well, see, this yeah. is what you need, though. What you're doing is what you need. And you've done, like, you know, you've been in all these different spaces that, that have been sort of, like, you know, because you allude to that as well, that have been, in quote, male dominated as well, like different kinds of industries that seem to be completely new. Like when you worked for, you know, the YouTube thing and and getting their, um, the money stuffs all taken care of. And, you know, we might get a little bit deeper into that stuff too, but I kind of want to really quickly go over it just because of the fact that of the possess the the passion that you're bringing to it. And the fact that a lot of people, at least that I have seen, there's a lot more focus on workflow, which I know that you also know a lot about, but it's more in terms of, 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 um, kind of like a factory process, at least for me, where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to batch produce X amount of episodes. I'm going to outsource the production. I'm going to then have somebody else take care of the social media and, and which is all fine and good. That's just fine. Wait, are you saying that's what's out there? Yes. Or that's what's been oh, yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I I've been saying. Yeah. That and, is what's out there. Yeah. And so then you, and this is the, you know, the questions that we get. And I think that these are viable questions. Like how do I continue to do what I'm doing? Because this is a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, but they already have an existing business and they're adding a podcast as a, a an outreach part of you, um, possibly lead generation, possibly selling a specific product, right? Possibly. But the main thing is sort of outside of the realm of the thing itself, which is the podcast. And, And I feel that a lot of people may say you cannot monetize it because they don't really spend the time. Like if you're going to build a business, you're going to be in it like all day. Right. Right. Right? Yeah, because I am in it all day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally. Like, I really want to work out today. When am I going to fit this in? <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally true because you're in it all day long. I mean, I, I don't know why I started thinking about like a bakery. You know, if you open up a bakery, you're going to have to wake up like at the crack of dawn before the crack of the dawn. No, but I think start... we're missing... I, oh, sorry. I think no, we're missing ahead. a beat. The guy that opened the bakery, hopefully, and it, usually a bakery business is this way. I just found a, a, a cookie shop in LA called Cookie Goods. And you could tell they opened it 
um, I don't know the people, but they opened it because they, they love cookies. And I think part of this, it's really cool. It's trendy to start a business these days, or it's cool to work for yourself or have this quote unquote four hour work week or whatever it is. And I think we're forgetting, like it should come from a place of love (laughs) should come because you don't have any other choice. Like I'm not trying to be a podcaster. I love podcasting and now I I'm proud that I am a podcaster. Right. You know, it's not backwards. It's like, how am I going to make my $5,000 this month? And Oh, Hey, that podcasting thing. And you know, I, I just, I don't function like that. I have to function from the heart. And so I think the factory comes into play is like, Oh, maybe I could make my passive income by starting a podcast. And if I join that group and I follow exactly what they said, then, you know, I'll be drinking a, you know, a Cosmo in Thailand next week or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it just, it, yeah. And I think that there's a little bit of a difference, you know, and, and so I know that you kind of, I know that you get that. And I know that you have like the fire to step into this and that. And this is one of the reasons that I wanted to have this conversation with you, because I know that you've got like the same sort of passion that I had when I started, because it really made me feel like this is, this is the thing. This is the thing that I want to, that I want to do. And I want to do this. Like, I I don't want to sell courses. I don't want to sell consulting, even though that comes out of it. And that has mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. but it's not my sole thing. And one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about in terms of this is the fact that there is that huge up whatever's happening right now, man, because I keep seeing it all over the newspapers and like on late night talk shows. And primarily, let's kind of move it to the podcast Serial. <laughs> so you know, you know why I like that you moved into the podcast serial because I was just about to bring up how I feel podcasting is creating art, uh-huh. and serial is one of the most amazing artists. Artist, right? right. Uh, yes. That's Sarah Koenig. Is that how you say her yes, name? Yes, I think I that mean, is. Yes, she's an incredible artist, and I think storytelling is is a form of painting. It's a form of art, and um, that's why serial. I think everybody finds it riveting and engaging because she's an incredible artist. It, it does. It has, it's a, it has a multi-layer approach. Now, I, other than the fact that that is correct, I do think that we've come into it in a time when people were ready to listen because there's this huge thing for people to be, you know, like True Detective, like series like True, De- True Detective and all of those other detective type series that have been just on regular television that people really get into the whodunits and just following things around. So that specific genre was kind of like, that's true, you know, really up at that moment. And at the same time, they have like this incredible support from this American life. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's already sort of like an existing platform. I mean, if you had totally, you know, a million people listening to your stuff and you said, Hey, I'm starting this new thing. Even if you're just, even if only 20% of your existing listeners went over there and listened, that's like a substantial amount of audience. Oh, yeah. And and even though I say the artist, you're so accurate. Like, yeah, you got, you got to have a lot of different components going on. But I sometimes wonder if it didn't have really high quality art as well. Like, so it had the backing and it had this and it has that. But if, 
if you don't, if you listen to it and it's a bad product, it doesn't have music that keeps you connected. It doesn't, it doesn't tell a story well, uh, then would you really stay on board? So it has to have all the different components, right? Oh, totally. And I'm, I'm actually even more intrigued about the closure of this. Like I'm more, I'm more intrigued in in the last, (laughs) like I want them to wrap up this story because I want to know what the next one is. Like I want to know what the next story she's working on is because this is like so cool. By the way, how cool is that? I know. going to have seasons. I know. And that she can do a a story about something else. Yeah. I just think that that's so, so cool. So anyway, just for the, you guys that have been under a rock, Serial right now that has been everywhere, even being mentioned by people that generally speaking don't ever touch podcasts. I've seen in my Facebook feed. I've had students from my my yoga students that are twittering me saying, "Hey, have you checked yeah. out this serial thing?" I'm like, "Yeah, but how do you know about it, right?" It's a million downloads or subscribe. What do you call it? Downloads, downloads, um, downloads right okay, now. Downloads, yeah, downloads a month. I know. Isn't that insane? That's, like, that's a that's a million people, right? Well, that's a million downloads. But yeah, you yeah. yeah yeah you could kind of kind of do that because there's obsessive people that might listen to the one episode like four or five different times. So you never <laughs> you never know because that could possibly happen. But still, yeah, a five million downloads, which is crazy. So that's in somebody else's stuff, which is really really great. But one of the reasons that I that that this is so cool is the fact that it is infiltrating like the mainstream society, one of our women who is also, who also works in podcasting, uh, Donna Papacosta, she is a podcasting consultant, uh, of of sorts and has been doing this for a very long time as well. She just currently wrote an article. Um, and she, let me see if I can find the name. It's, uh, you, you'll have links in the show notes here. And so, in a tongue, tongue in cheek kind of way, because we already talked with about Jessica, I mean, with Jessica about a podcasting renaissance and how I'm right. not okay with that. But um, right. she had this article I remember that. <laughs> where she said, and I agree with you guys, by the way, about the whole, the people aren't going to be purchasing cars for another couple of years, yeah. the new cars. Right. Yeah. See, I know. Yes. So, so anyway, so this is what um, Donna wrote from her daughter. Like this is like something that she like observing her daughter who is supposedly a trendsetter. So she says in her article, a couple of months ago, Claire waltzed into the kitchen and asked, have you been listening to the serial podcast? It's amazing. And did you hear that Alec Baldwin podcast where he interviewed Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, she knows I'm a fan. I spun around in my chair. Claire, you are listening to podcasts. Sure. She said, I even bought the app for this American life because I don't want to miss any episodes. I may have rubbed my hands together with glee. <laughs> if it were possible to buy a stock stock in podcasting, I would have called my broker immediately. Yes, I knew the popularity of podcasting would go through the roof. The TCI told me so. So the TCI is like Claire, basically. Like, you know, she's like in front of the trends all the time. So Right. <laughs> so it's really interesting to see that the youth. It's the, exciting. Yeah. So that she bought an app that's consuming it. So it seems to be infiltrating in so many different areas. Uh, totally. I love it. I love it. I think that this. Well, podcasting is allowing us to, okay, so we're in this hyper-connected, too much information overload space. And actually podcasting allows us to disconnect because we could focus on the one thing while we're, or we we focus on the podcast why like i'm doing the dishes or driving somewhere or it, it's it's something that kind of allows for this relaxing opportunity while you're still being productive and to get you through that i listen to my podcast when i'm exercising 
Yeah. And it, it yeah. helps you remember like what you were doing. This is something that I've always, that I always tell people the fact that let's say, I don't know, I'm walking to the grocery store and I'm listening to a podcast. The next time that I go to the that grocery store, I immediately get this like full body experience of, oh yeah, I was listening to episode whatever of this podcast and they were talking about X. Like I have a right. complete memory just download for whatever yeah. reason. I just remember that that's what I was listening to when I was doing a specific thing, which I is, that which, too. you know, which doesn't really happen when you're watching video. Like it's a whole other thing or music has the same thing as well because it's connected to something quite deeper inside of you, I feel that it's more holistic in its expression as opposed mm -hmm. to, you know, when you're watching video, there's like, you know, the video is there and you are, you're kind of watching that right there. So, but know. else, you know, what's changed because, okay, so like my dude and I discuss po uh, serial podcast and we'll chat about it. And the way you're describing it now, it makes me realize you're right. You could watch a movie together. It's that same kind of sensation. You read a book, you could talk about the book. I, well, I mean, but podcasting has been around for a really long time. So, so what changed to now make this the, the it thing to do? I think it had, think? it had the momentum that was happening first. And I think little things lined, lined up just perfectly, right? Do you they think just... the content changed? Mm, yes, I think it did. I think that the quality of the podcast that reached the mainstream audience did change because there are some excellent, excellent podcasts that have been around that are more niche oriented, that are being produced and have been produced are incredibly popular that are slightly more niche oriented. Like the hard, hardcore history podcast with John Carlin, mm -hmm. you know, Four that hours. is, a, yeah, I read that Tim Ferriss post too. Yeah. It's a, or, it's yeah. an, it's an amazing, amazing podcast. It's been around forever, but that's not to say that it is dismissive, but it's like, it's, it requires a little bit less of the mainstream to really dive into it. We have Wait, like, do you want to tell the ladies a little bit about what the hardcore podcast, the hardcore, hardcore history. Yeah. The hardcore history. They've, they've heard me talk about Dan Carlin okay. many times just because I'm kind of, I have a, kind of a crush on him. But um, it's like he goes deep. He dives really, really deep into a specific era of history, like crazy deep. Like he does so much research. And then this is the thing that blows my mind. He'll go in there and he'll do it all in one shot. It's not like scripted. Yeah. He just talks. How amazing oh, is that? I didn't even know it wasn't scripted. It's not scripted. He just talks. Isn't that insane? insane. It's I know. Insane. So anyway, so that's, well, there's that kind of stuff, but then that's not going to be something that all of a sudden we're going to be like, Hey, let's go, let's all go listen to uh, history. You know, it's like, right, right, right. there's less of that. And since the, our, our mainstream audience is so kind of caught up with the whole detective thing and crime and blah, blah. But at the same time, the Alex Bloomberg thing, you know, well, that's storytelling too. That is storytelling, but this is why it was right for the pick in here. So podcasting was getting popular and there's a crap load of like the entrepreneurial spirit and the entrepreneurial mm -hmm. like online marketers coming into the space as well. <laughs> yeah, droves, that I know. <laughs> in droves. And well so aware. <laughs> when, they, when they come in the droves like that, they are very focused on doing specific things and download numbers and, you know, making millions of dollars downloading, blah, blah. But um, then the startup uh, podcast came in and at the same, that's like 
focusing on like business. That's focusing right. on startup. That's focusing on entrepreneurship. So that kind of theme within the podcast community, I think also brought it up and the name of Alex Bloomberg as well brought it up. So I think that there's a little bit of a wave. It was just like momentum that then kind of peaked. Now, I don't even know if it's peaked yet, that it's, it took cereal. I don't to think where, it's peaked yet. No. Yeah. That it started to touch with cereal and now cereal is like this this it's being mentioned everywhere i mean in our last not the last episode but i think the last last second to last episode um jess was talking about how it's on la weekly you know like it was one of the hot picks or something from i'm sorry not la weekly entertainment weekly Entertain- magazine yeah. and it was yeah mentioned the one there. she subscribes to like crazy yeah totally and so <laughs> so it would be like that that is kind of being a little bit more on the mainstream media so that's that's what it was and i but i do think that it's a more appealing and that is good for us as a whole because that starts to bring the consumption of podcasts to a more mainstream audience because even now it's just a challenge for a lot of people to understand what it even is. Uh, yeah, I, you know. definitely. Do you know, I think that if I, so I switched from Android to iPhone in uh, March uh-huh. and I think that, and this was before podcast, before podcasting for me mm-hmm. and now at that time, uh, I, my friend had listened to podcasts, so he recommended a couple. Before that, I was listening to a podcast called Product People, but I didn't know it was a podcast. So, so when I was listening to Product People, I had an Android, so I just thought of it as an audio thing, and somehow I had to get this audio thing from the website onto my phone. So I would put the MP3 files or whatever you call it onto the phone. When I switched to iPhone, then my friend sent me, Hey, you should check out these podcasts. And I think that's when I kind of discovered what podcasting was sort of. And so without the iPhone, I don't know if I would have ever become a podcaster. You're yeah, that's, that is really big. I just had, cause I run, I don't know if you know that I also work for Libsyn. And so I, yeah. I, you know, run their social media and I had one of our new kind of customers tweet out me something like, so how do I get my listeners to listen to my show in my Android and yeah. on Android? And I was like, uh, well, you're going to have to have them. They're going to have to download an app. Like there's no. I do, yeah, I do Stitcher. For yeah. That. And so yeah. then he was like, what does that mean? So there was like there's even as a producer, even as somebody who is producing podcasts, the education of how to help your audience download your content is super, super important, you know? And yeah, that video Ira Glass made, I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, uh, it was with awesome. the old lady. So oh cute. God. So cute. You guys, because- you need to go listen to this, this video that they did. Just Google Ira Glass, how to podcast and it's on YouTube and it is so cute. It's an old lady sharing how to, how to, how to listen to a podcast. It's really cool. But see, that makes it super important that you're like, Ira wasn't saying, and now you go into the podcast app and then you subscribe. Like he wasn't even saying that he was saying, see this big button, you press that (laughs) (laughs) and you press play. And so that kind of brings into the perspective of you have to be able to, to show your audience all of the different ways in which they can consume your product and, or, you know, what your podcast as a whole to be able to show that out. And depending upon how, how they do it, that's the way they do it. So So check this out. Uh, Sorry. No, no, go ahead. ahead. So, uh, to that note, what I do is I have it on Stitcher, on iTunes, as well as SoundCloud. 
And then I know SoundCloud has the best embedding. So I'll have custom cover art for each episode. And I know if I post it somewhere, it will show the cover art if I use SoundCloud, which I can't with if I do iTunes, then pretty much it just shows the same cover art for my the podcast itself, not for each individual episode. So I do think about when I'm sending links to people, uh, what, like how they'll receive the information. If I'm on Twitter, it's way better to post a SoundCloud link. You know, same with Facebook. Um, then again, you, I want to think about, okay, but how about for the iTunes new and noteworthy portion? Um, I think, you know, I got to number two on new and noteworthy across yeah. all of noon. That's, that, that's awesome. insane. And my new noteworthy time isn't done yet. And I was just listening to your episode on like, how to optimize. <laughs> I'm like, I have a week left. Let me get up there again. Well, you um, know, part of the thing is that we were just talking about it. My, you know, my other co-host, Rob Walsh, for the other podcast that I produced, The Feed, yeah. he was just like, today he just threw it down on our latest episode. He was like, there is, you have to understand that there are no rules for new and noteworthy. It's you're in new and noteworthy if you're new or you're noteworthy and you can always be noteworthy. So it doesn't matter. Your time's not going to be up until they decide you're up. That's, oh, that's, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to be, it's not like eight weeks or you just have 12 weeks. You can have a lot more weeks than that. Right. And a lot of those, if they like you and they like your artwork, they will manually keep you there. So there's, there is a lot of this manual thing where you really don't really have a say. So you could be there longer than usual, although you can optimize everything that happens, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I kind of want to move back to when the conversation that we were just talking about in terms yeah. of, uh, when we were talking about why, why this is happening. I found an article, um, on the wall street journal and this was a, one of the better, I think, interviews with um, Bloomberg, again. Right. And so um, I'm going to read to you two things that really came up out at me, but we can discuss one, uh, each one. So yeah. the artic- the guy that, you know, that was interviewing Bloomberg asked him, what's your theory on engagement? Because engagement is something that I know podcasters are constantly searching for. And so this is what Bloomberg said. He said, Mm -hmm. I think audio demands certain things. It demands plot in a pretty straightforward way. And it demands authentic emotion in a pretty serious way. Or it demands companionship. So those are the three reasons that I think people listen to audio. They want to be told a story. They -hmm. want to feel a very personal connection. Mm -hmm. Or they want to hang out with friends that they feel like they have. And the best shows do all three. And that's what we're going to be going for, which is what That's what Alex was saying about. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's creating a podcast network. Elsie, can I do a shameless excitement shout out? Go ahead. I emailed you. Go ahead. That that Alex Bloomberg uh, introduced the We Are LA Tech, my podcast, the We Are LA Tech podcast. Totally. Beginning of my podcast episodes now. You guys, I worked really hard to make that happen. So I'm (laughs) that's rad. It's It's a dream. I'm still pinching myself. I can't believe it's real. I don't even know how you did that because I just heard heard the intro and it was just so cute. It was so awesome. It was, I, and I left in the part, uh, you, yeah, you heard it. I left in the part where I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Cause we all need to geek out like that. Yeah, but that's I, pretty I hardcore. Mean, the, 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 what's important for to, to share kind of following that is I worked really hard to make that happen. And I believe all of you guys like can make anything you want happen. You, everybody, you know, has a dream and just, just go after it. You know, that's what Elsa and I were talking about. C- t- keep taking steps forward. 
I, we were we hit this for a second about you know per- buying into like a factory setup of how to be a podcaster, and I think that we didn't um, close up that it doesn't have to be a factory setup. It just lead from the heart and and love it and create the best product you could possibly create that's right in alignment with how you want to do it and and just keep moving forward. Totally. That, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And this is the other thing, too, that I feel 100% and always stand behind is that there are no rules. There are no rules. No like, rules. It's like if you, if you know, let's say you got funding by, I don't know, selling physical copies of your podcast right. in, at, you know, at like Barnes & Noble. Right. Fabulous. Like if you, <laughs> you know, if you got like the Staples uh, CPM kind of, you know, sponsorship, like, you know, and you're getting paid based upon your download numbers. Great. You know, if you're whatever, you got to just dream it. You have to make it happen. And I think I have a challenge. I have a challenge. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. I would stop. I want the She Podcast listeners, you guys right now, I want you to write down, stop everything. Go, go get a name, go walk over, get your piece of paper, notepad (laughs) or your phone, open it up. (laughs) I want you to write down who you want to meet. Anybody. I, I don't care who it is. I don't tell yourself whether it's attainable or not attainable. I want you to write down who you want to meet. Are you writing that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then I want you to write write in it why and why it would be mutually beneficial to meet them. And you have to have a why. And I promise you, you're good enough. <laughs> Just write why. And now by next week, seven days is enough. By the time the next she podcast episodes airs. I want you to have reached out to that person and I want you to post a comment in the She Podcast Facebook group of what happened when you reached out and how to how did it feel and, and look to everybody for support. And and that's it's important because that's essentially what I did with Alex Bloomberg and it is hard and it took over three months to make that happen, but it's possible. And I know that it's possible for every single one of you. So that's your homework. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to put that down. So I will actually put up a post after we, not this like Monday, because we usually, this is going to go live on November 24th, which is Thanksgiving week. So a week after that, we're going to go live on December 1st with another podcast. But then what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a specific post so that you guys can report back and check out, you know, who you wrote about, like what you're doing and we could take it from there. Oh my God. That's so exciting. We'll see if that makes it happen. Hey, you know, and everybody will meet their dream people. Yeah, see? totally. And you know what we're going to do right now? Well, Tell you know, post-production, but right now <laughs> is I'm going <laughs> to stick, I'm going to stick the Alex Bloomberg thing here right now so that you hear she is telling the truth. And you, would you mind turning up the radio for one second? Thank you. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. Thank you. You're welcome. So you, I think you already asked me this question about, oh, no, 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 but this is something that I really kind of want to talk uh, about, that um, <laughs> there was a quote, there was a tweet by at Hunter, Hunter Walk. Yes. Uh, that he said, tech industry discovers podcasting, big exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he's really influential in, in the tech industry and uh, Product Hunt, which is a company that uh, is really influential in just the startup space and kind of what, what's, what, what are the things to pay attention to. They kind of tell you what to pay attention to. And they have a podcast. And 
to I, I just in Hunter Walker is Hunter Walk is really into that company as well. And I feel like just kind of all the startups are now seeing that these people that they really admire have adopted podcasting, which I actually think st- stemmed from the startup podcast. And uh, and then it now it's trickling to everybody else. They were like, well, now I want to get into podcasting, too. Yeah, very interesting because, and that's why I think I saw a comment because there's a, I'm going to post that in the, um, in the show notes as well so that you can see the actual conversation that was being had on Twitter. And what was really intriguing is that one person said something like, oh, now Leo Laporte was really mad about that. So I'm intrigued because I, I didn't, I haven't heard this week in, in tech and Leo Laporte is like one of the like long time, longest yeah, godfathers. podcasters, godfathers yeah. of podcasting and has been around doing this for many, many, many years mm-hmm. and is making quite a decent living doing it. Totally. So it was really intriguing that I saw that and I'm kind of intrigued on that conversation as well. So mm-hmm. thanks for bringing that along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Leo Laporte is, uh, I think, the first person I researched uh, in learning how to monetize my podcast. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad yeah. that you did it with him because he's had some like really, you know what I really, one of the best things that I found was uh, amazing with him was the way that he funded his studio and that they have that wall of all the donors that inside of his new uh, studio that they have. I didn't even know they had a wall of donors. Yeah. I, knew, so they, I know he did donations and he, he did advertising and he went back and forth. I have all these researchers, but I had no idea about the wall of donors. Yeah, That's- so like he got, he, um, uh, I, I believe it, you know, don't quote me on this because I think that they had, it was funded his, his new studio because they used to have like a tiny, tiny little studio and mm-hmm. producing some incredible content. But then they moved to a much larger, larger space. And in order to get it all together, they kind of asked for support from his audience. And anytime anybody donated, they got a brick with their name on That's it. That's way cool. In the wall. No idea. And so That's then, awesome. I know. So it's really cool in the way that people want to see that. And then, so what happens now is whenever there's an audience member that wants to come visit him, they come over to the studio and they look at the wall. You know what I mean? Definitely. They That's look so at the wall. Neat. So it's so, so amazing. That's and so I, neat. I totally dig that. Um, I he, forgot to bring this up with you before. Do you Have you seen Tom Merritt, the podcaster Tom I Merritt? Love, he has an incredibly successful Patreon absolutely. campaign. I yep. think it's $13,000 a month, and it's all – the way Patreon works, it's like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, except that people pay reoccurring every single month to support artists creating content. And so um, Tom Merritt, I think last I checked, had, I don't know, 4,000-plus 4, 4, supporters and um, – and it making about $13,000 a month. Yeah, no, it was really amazing because he's, he's actually one of my heroes. Like, that's somebody that I would love to, like, oh, my God, I've, I've admired him forever, <laughs> forever. Yeah. And so I watched him go from Twit to be <clears throat> on his own doing the Patreon. So when I, I watched him go from the get-go, you know, from, right. like, zero to how he built it up, and he's a, a consummate professional. So if I were to say whose career I want to have is like Tom Merritt, because I agree, yeah. you know, because for me that's like the like the place that I would love to to be. But he is amazing the way that he's 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 moved into that. So okay, so this is a great segue here talking about the monetization aspect of things. And in that same commercial, that not commercial, sorry, that same <laughs> article that we were talking about before, <laughs> the article about Bloomberg, he was also asked this, and I thought this was a really unique question and it was a very interesting answer and I'd love to have your point of view on this. So here's mm-hmm. the question. Is podcasting going to be a hit driven business or can you make a business out of having moderate successes? Okay. And then this was his answer. 
I think the layer at which you can be successful will continue to expand as more and more people adopt this behavior and on-demand listening grows. But yeah, ultimately, I think it's a hits-driven business. I think you're going to need a level of audience to support the endeavor financially. And if you can't get that level of audience, there's some level of audience under which it's not sustainable. I think there's opportunities to understand what your audience wants, to understand what more they would want from you, to be able to provide some sort of digital experiences or services or products to them that they would want to consume. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very, very underdeveloped right now. I feel that's... One of the big things that we want to be figuring out, how do we engage the audience and give them opportunities to financially contribute to the successes of the business? Right. And that's, that's what's up to, for debate, right? It's like, do you sell info products? Do you sell books? Do you get consulting? I know, um, is it NPR or no planet money did, uh, the t-shirt. Do, do you remember the t-shirt where yeah. they sold the t-shirt, uh, and they did really well profitable totally. t-shirt campaign. Yeah. Um, there, there's so many different uh, ways. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's what people like you and I are trying to figure out right now is what are the best ways. And there's not that many who have a proven path. Uh, Leo Laporte has a proven path. Tom Merritt is now having a proven path. Um, the, the t-shirt campaign was a proven path, but I, I don't think it's like other industries where you have so many to say, oh, that's how it works. I think that we're, and it's kind of a cool stage, right? We're still inventing. I was listening to one, a video about how to sell annual sponsorships uh, instead of trying to sell an episode at the time. So that's kind of what I uh, focused on for a while was, so I'm still, you know, I'm still new at it. So I'm experimenting with a whole bunch of things, but um, yeah, I, I, but I think at the heart of it though, and this is what you were talking about with everybody on the wall in Leo Laporte's uh, studio Mm -hmm. is community. Like you, you, you can't sell anything if no one's listening and you're not engaging and they don't, um, trust and like you. Yeah. Oh, so, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it starts there first with, uh, with community. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw, I think that one of the things that I was like, oh gosh, I mean, I, there is where, when he said this, this is what kind of got me thinking about this, where he said, Mm -hmm. but yeah, ultimately I think it's a hit driven business. Do you agree with that? Um, (laughs) I, okay. I think hits is great for publicity. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily, well, okay. There, see, there's just so many different angles, right? Here's why I'm having a hard time answering the question because everybody has a different idea of what financial success is to them. Right, so some people right. may want just 10 grand a month and then other people want to be billionaires, right? Um, and it depends where you are in your life too. Maybe you're starting your life and you kind of want to go backpacking for a few years. So you just want enough to get by while you're backpacking where someone else uh, wants to have a whole retirement fund or something, right? So- it's hard to say, um, should it be hits or not? Like, so what I have seen from hits is even what was so interesting about the podcast startup is, uh, that they had so many listeners and views that they were able to attract investors and they even had a crowdfunding campaign, uh, to, for, to have a piece of equity in, um, Alex Bloomberg's new company, company Gimlet, mm-hmm. um, they crowdfunded it and then his listeners became his investors. So from that sense, the hits were incredibly important because they led to this investment money. Right. But, um, if you don't, but then there's the other side of it 
where, you know, I have nowhere near the amount of, you know, hit <laughs> from, from this podcast startup, but I have an extremely active, as you do as well, right? So you can right. speak to yes. this community um, of people who engage with me. And, you know, I, that's, I haven't, quote unquote, proven that model yet. I don't, mainly because I don't, I see these people as human beings, not as a model I'm trying to prove, but like, but but the point is, I think that's very valuable as well. How that's financially um, valuable, that's to be determined whether it's investment money or whether um, someone does choose to go that client info product route or someone like me that just wants to be a full-time podcaster. Do I think I can be a full-time podcaster without having millions and millions and millions of hits? I, I'd like to think so because I'd like to think that for all of you as well. You know, um, would I like the millions and millions of hits? Yeah, sure. It doesn't hurt either. It leads to like media publications like Serial has all these write-ups. The cool thing about Serial is it also has um, the same thing that happens in the YouTube space where when a video goes viral, other people start to spoof the video oh, and yeah. now spoof Serial, which is more and more publicity. Yeah. But the question is really difficult for me to answer because I don't think it's kind of like if I said, oh, yeah, you need hits. That means someone without as many hits is, doesn't have a chance. I don't think that's true. I think that there is a chance. I think there's this article, a startup influencer, I can't remember who it was, wrote about like your your hundred loyal fans or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. I forgot. And, yes, I exactly. Yes, I totally. You know? yes. yep. And yep. I've always thought as long as I had a hundred loyal fans and then I was creative in other financial ways, somehow it would work out. But then the creativity differs from industry and to industry and, and how you want to be creative, whether it's, you know, like we've said millions of times on this episode, selling a book or whatever it is, or for me, um, the three ways that I'm trying to monetize the podcast are either having a job board, annual sponsors or fan funding. And I'm literally testing out those three things. But in my mind, I just want to be a full, full-time podcaster. So this is all funding the podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. So the one, the one, um, uh, was, uh, alternative, I don't know if that's the right word, but, uh, would be like the job board. Well, what's a job board have to do with a podcast, but the job board is extremely valuable to the community and the community is the one listening to the, the podcast. So therefore if the job board is what's financially profitable, support the podcast. Yep. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, it's just a, an innovative way to kind of, uh, figure it out. But yeah, so I can't clearly answer the question because it all depends on each person, I think. No, I, I think that that was really good. It's just that it's okay. it is daunting and it's really hard to be able to, I think it's hard for me to hear that because I don't want to believe it. I'm not ready to believe it. I don't, I'm not ready to believe that the only way to make something profitable in terms of the podcasting space is to have um, a constantly growing audience. Like I don't, right. I don't want that to happen. It, it mm-hmm. kills me every single time I get an email or we get a comment from, because we do this in, in She Podcasts as well as for the feed, where I, I just got two emails from guys over there going like, so how do I break this plateau? I've been podcasting for a year and I've hit a plateau. And it's like, and for some reason that's bad. Like for some reason that's seen like I'm not growing. How, to me, I, I want to turn that on its head. And I don't want that to the definition of growth to be numbers. I don't want them to be download numbers. I think that putting all your eggs in the download numbers basket is, is detrimental to, Mm -hmm. to your work. And if you are in a plateau, 
so like there's just so much. It's it's kind of like saying, oh, there's only 400 people downloading my my podcast every time it comes out. But that's like 400 people. That's yeah, like, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of people. You that's know, an awesome party. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so there's something. I think that there's something that needs to be changed in that yeah. kind of mindset. And so when I hear things like like that, it that it's like a this this model is only about oh we're gonna get so much exposure, you know, for getting sponsorship that you're gonna get so many ears, so many people listening right. to your your you know your sponsor episode or whatever. I feel that that's detrimental as a whole because I feel that if we bring a sponsor on She Podcasts and it's really focused on something, um, I feel that our women are going to love it, that they're going right. to love to really step into something. Totally. Well, two things. One, they say a person with a smaller audience like Twitter on Twitter or a blog actually has the more passionate audience, mm-hmm. even that's YouTube, great. because these are new people that are typically new to your content. They're still engaged with your content and the person producing the content has more time to be able to stay connected to them. Two, when I was doing research on uh, Indiegogo, I wrote an article called 15 Hacks to Raising the Most Money with an Indiegogo Campaign. And I learned from the, the I interviewed the second employee of Indiegogo. I learned from him that people find out what to offer in Indiegogo based on the comments from their current contributors. So mm. contributors will say, like, I wish you had a pink bracelet. And so then they'll oh. be like, now we have a pink bracelet. And I think it's important if That's you awesome. do have those 400 listeners, how about start asking those listeners, like, what they want, how you could, like, over-deliver and offer more value to their lives. Like, the job board didn't exist for me before. That wasn't out of the gate. It was an idea I had in my head and I put in my idea thing. It wasn't until I I run the LA startup community event calendar for a couple of years, just as a community service. And in the posting, people kept saying, where can I find jobs? Why don't you have jobs? Why do you just have events? Why can't you have jobs too? So after that many people saying that, I'm like, okay, I'll throw up the job board, (laughs) you know? And, and it did that itself didn't change the number of listeners, subscribers, community, whatever you want to call it, but it added that additional value, which created another revenue line that I could test out. That's really cool. So here, now we're going to start to wrap this puppy up. But before we do that, I kind of want to now talk about you. And let me tell you, let me me just bring all this back to 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 you. Um, so the reason that I found you, you know, the the way that I harassed you is because I found out because I'm obsessive about podcasting. I do a lot of research on podcasting every day, most day, all day long. And when I'm I'm constantly reading up on it's my life. It's like what I do. So right. I found a post on Medium. And, um, <laughs> and I love the title and it kind of, in my feeds, it just came up in my feeds. It's not like, a, I don't really Get necessarily out. go. Yeah. I was just like, I, I have feeds that are delivered all with key keywords with podcasting. And so then it was really interesting that you had this, um, title on medium and it said, here I am naked comma fan funding. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And so then it was this like really open way of talking about your process of starting your Patreon, right? Right. And you know what's so awesome about you saying that? Because I had no idea that that's how like my, who I am in this world kind of triggered for you is there's not that many people who have viewed that. That's so funny. Isn't that interesting? 
That's so interesting, right? And I actually had the thought when I looked at the views last week, like, should I stop posting at, on Medium because not that many people are looking? And we were just talking about this, right? About the 400 yeah. member or whatever. Yeah. And here we are. And I have this amazing, beautiful, awesome, I'm so grateful opportunity to be having this conversation with you right now because you're one of the few people who came across that Medium post. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Well, see, this is what I'm saying. Because you were so passionate about it. And because of that, I, I dove through the rabbit hole and I was like, who is this girl? And so then (laughs) I was just like, it's just, it made, it totally resonated with me. And I really liked the conversation that you were having about that. So you know what? And that's how I found out about We Are LA Tech. So can you talk to us, you know, about We Are LA Tech? Because this is, and this is something else that really rocked my world is like, you know, I started podcasting when I was in LA. I was like totally part of the LA podcasters. That's something that they completely supported me forever. That was like back in the day with these guys who started in like 2004 talking into a microphone telling stories. And they were awesome and they were super supportive and constantly loved and, and gave me everything that I wanted. You know, even like a couple of months into podcasting, Lance Anderson from uh, Verge on the Fringe, he he yeah. basically sent me an email and he said, do you want to be in the women in podcasting panel over at um, the Portable Media Expo that was at that time happening in San Diego? And I was like, oh, oh me? You know, and it was like I had only been podcasting a few months. And, you know, he's the one he kind of like just said, here, you take you take this seat. You take this seat as this podcaster. And it made me feel so good. And so they, awesome. they were so supportive for me from the beginning. And I've kept them in my heart. You know, there's, to me, there's nobody like those guys. And so I'm like, you're in LA, you got to go and you love podcasting. You have to meet these guys. I know. (laughs) This is so cool knowing who you're talking about right now. (laughs) I know. Isn't that insane? And so, and like I, I used to go and so, oh, and so guys, let me tell you what happened. So then I reached out to Esprit and (laughs) on Twitter and I was like, you got to go. Do you know about this meetup? It's happening tonight. She's like, really? Oh my God, I'm going. It was so fast. So she met the LA podcasters, which is like, yeah, which is so cool. And you know, Lance had the LA podcasters meetup and I have the LA podcasters meetup, but Lance stopped doing the LA podcasters meetup. So I had no clue an LA podcasters meetup used to exist. And, um, so I'm at this thing and obviously I, I walk in, I introduce myself or whatever. I'm sitting down and he hands me, uh, the old card he had. And I said, LA podcasters meetup that's weird. And we found out that he had it and it was the coolest thing ever. I felt like he was passing me like the torch or something. Isn't that insane? Like, no, man. Like, oh my God. I, am I, that aren't just... I supposed to give it back to you right now? <laughs> God, that's so cool. I still have my so... LA, my LA podcasters um, t-shirt is like my favorite because it's got the same logo because he gave you that green card oh. with the LA yeah. podcasters like on the freeway. Yeah. And so I have a black one like that. It's just a black t-shirt and it's got that like in white on it. And it's just, it's just so rad. It was just so such a great time and and you know and he and it's so great that you're doing it and so anyway so let's talk about we are la tech so that we can really get into how all this came about so yeah so um gosh to make to make a long story short for the most part is uh, i started you know multiple companies but over through and through i really loved um content creation and that's i wanted to get back into that my life led me away from that and so uh when 
I started just staying into, I wanted to like stay connected to what I love, which is startups. So I created the community calendar for uh, We Are LA Tech a couple years ago. And I also started creating vi- a video series for We Are LA Tech. And I couldn't pull it off because I, because of many different reasons, it's very expensive to get video edited and so forth. And my heart was broken. I was like, oh man, this mm. is just, you know, what I love. And um, so I ended up going backpacking for four months. And to kind of clear out my head. And uh, sometime later, catching up to today, I discover podcasting. And to me, I was like, oh, now I don't have to be held back that I don't know how to edit video really neat. Because I used to own an action sports media company. So I'm talking about I don't just edit a video. It needs to look like the coolest skateboarding S type video. It can't just be something <laughs> I throw together. And uh, since I don't have the, the talent and ability to do that, I've never learned how to be a professional editor. Um, that's very expensive to hire. So uh, what I loved about podcasting is that I very simply, I got Sound Studio to do my auditing, which I found on a forum, and it's easier than iMovie. So I I still bear, I just learned how to overlay music on vocals yesterday. (laughs) So I I got Sound Studio and uh, and, um, I, I watched a zillion YouTube videos to see like what mic to get. And I just started podcasting and that's kind of how I started producing content again. And, it, and of course, I feel passionate about the, the startup community. And I'm from L.A., born and raised. And I built my company in Santa Monica before. So it was just a, a completely natural fit. And I created We Are LA Tech. And it's really the way I view it. It's uh, I, Well, We Are LA Tech was created as a community calendar. But now it's like We Are LA Tech, this organization concept thing. And the idea behind it is... When um, I was building my sports company, in order to get help, consultants, these fancy consultants wanted, you know, $5,000, $10,000 in order to help me. And I was risking everything that I had, my heart, soul, money, you know, savings account, um, leveraging my credit cards to build this company. And I really, any kind of resource you would give me, I would run with it and I would, you know, tackle it and that people wouldn't just like be supportive is without giving them, you know, a huge chunk of money was disappointing. So I created We Are LA Tech so people have this, you know, safe place, non-biased resource to just get the information they need as a bridge to step on to the next thing um, to be a successful entrepreneur in Los Angeles. So uh, I, I see it as a tourist office for startups. Um, so like as a traveler, you go into a new city and you go to the tourist office to find out where the restaurants are, uh, where, where the entertainment is. Well, We Are LA Tech is that same thing. And I want I, kind of my long term vision is to create this for all the startup cities around the world. But I'm proving it out with We Are LA Tech. And that's the podcast, the job board and the event calendar. And then I have like a, a private community Facebook group and then people are tweeting me all the time. And, uh, and it's just, again, it's this resource that doesn't cost um, you anything that you could just find out what you need, uh, connect with an investor, what, what office space or what office space exists? Um, what are the co-working spaces that exist? Uh, you know, what are the events going on? What are the jobs going on? I'm, I'm looking to be hired for a job. These are all very fair questions that I don't think people should pay for to get answers to. So that's the heart of We Are LA Tech. And then, uh, but that needs to be supported by someone, right? So that's why um, I'm hoping that either the job board works out for companies to post for their job 
or uh, the fan funding, which was terrifying because I'm not very good at asking for anything, uh, and or uh, or the annual sponsorships or sponsorships. I mean, I'm just really experimenting with all of these, and I want to create more podcasts, not just this one podcast. But somehow, this all has to make sense. Like right now, for the most part, I have a small team who volu- they volunteer their time to support me in moving this forward, and uh, it's really difficult close to impossible to do what I'd like to do for the community just on my own and with these volunteers doing it in their spare time. So I want to make this a real business that people are supported and um, they have all the help they need to, to move in their path. So the fun fan funding part, which is the scariest is ideally I'd love, you know, the, the community to support what's supporting them. And with Patreon, you could pay as little as $1 a month, which is $12 a year. So it's really not that big, big of a deal. It doesn't make a dent on anybody. Right. And then if enough of the community supports it, it's like this beautiful, mutually beneficial relationship. I mean, that's the ideal. I don't know if this will work because, you know, there's all psychology involved in fan funding, but, um, that was the heart of it. And, but just creating a Patreon and getting up the courage to just say, here I am, you know, contribute to it. Um, I have this vision and et cetera. So for whatever, words I use. It's, it's just scary. I mean, I could barely talk about it right now. It's, it's scary and uncomfortable and you feel naked. You feel naked. You're like, I'm giving you my heart and soul. Please love me. It's like, it's very weird um, dynamic. And honestly, I don't know what will work out. I do hope that I I know I'm, I'm not very sales pitch person. So that was like the world's worst sales pitch of all time. But, um, but that's the thing. I, I, I'm just, I'm just this girl on the planet that loves business. I love podcasting and I'm from LA and I've had experience doing it time and time again. And I really don't want people to have to go through the painful experiences that I've gone through in building my startup. And if there's anything I can do to support people and be their friend so they're not alone in this very isolated journey, um, that's really cool. It's a gift that even the universe allows me that opportunity. That's so rad. I love it. I love it. So ladies, you guys are going to have to go check out her Patreon. And if you know, if that doesn't, so it's, we are, sorry, it's, we are latech.com slash support. We'll take you to the Patreon page. Sweet. Links will be in the show notes. So, um, yeah, because even if you are not interested in, you know, LA startups or it's not, you know, that has nothing to do with you. Um, I'll, there's a lot of people that do have that kind of passion and you guys can share it, you know, give it a little push here and there. Cause it's, we're all kind of here to support each other. And plus it's really great to be able to have content creation. I feel, uh, especially with somebody that doesn't have, you don't have an existing audience, which is, you know, um, very, it's, it's, it's easier for people who have existing audiences who start a Patreon and then they can just move that. You're just building it, you know, you're just building it. You're starting to get it out there. You're doing it. You're actually pounding the payment. You're, you're meeting people, you're talking to people, you're offering part of the community. And Mm -hmm. thankfully, uh, LA is very open to that kind of thing. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, of, of movement going on that over there. So yay. You know what, though? Uh Just because it's in L.A., you guys feel free. You could tweet at Esprit Devora. That's my Twitter. And ask me anything you need or if you just want to reach out and say hello. Like, I mean, just because you may not be in L.A. doesn't mean I don't want to be supportive of you. Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) I'm I'm still the same person, you know? So, yeah, just tweet me. Um, Yeah, don't feel that you have to be in L.A. to for me to care about who you are. That's just you're human and so am I, you know? (laughs) 
And you're going to be, and you're going to keep on podcasting. So that's awesome. Oh my gosh. And I hope I can create so many more. Oh my gosh. I have so many podcast ideas. All I want to do is become one, a more efficient podcaster so I can get more episodes out. And, and there's just these really cool podcast ideas I have. I'm so excited. Like I'm so excited to be able to figure this all out so I could create some more awesome podcasts. I want to create um, a daily LA startup news podcast. That's like a really short, like 15 minute podcast just so people could get it in every single day. Uh Yeah. There's like tons that I want to create. So there's a, there's a lot that's out there and you're totally going to do it. So yes. um, So uh, ladies and the couple of gents that listen, (laughs) (laughs) you guys have a little um, something that, as Bree has asked you guys to do. So you're going to have to make a list of that person that you want to reach out to dream, dream or not. And you're going to have to get it done. So and yeah, come you, and check you guys out. reach out, like reach. Oh, sorry. We can't leave them. You know, we have to leave them with a how to reach out. So this is what you do. There's a tool called reportive that is great. Um, it's free. And so if you Google reportive uh, that will show you if you have uh, the right email for someone on the right side of your, if you use Gmail, Gmail inbox. I'm not sure how it works with other platforms. And then also LinkedIn um, has an option. There's one I think as low as uh, $9 a month or something that you could uh, say hello to someone through LinkedIn. So these are ways, or you just like Google their name. Um, it doesn't matter how you reach out, just, just be, or Twitter, you could reach out on Twitter. Um, I don't think reaching out on Facebook is the best because most people use Facebook. They like to keep it a little bit personal, but definitely Twitter, LinkedIn, that tool reportive is awesome. Um, do you know, can you think of any others off the top of your head, Elsie? No, I think that tw- I love reportive. I haven't, ha- for some reason it was, it was clashing with another plugin that I had in there, but maybe I have removed that other plugin. I can't remember what it was, but I love that one. Uh, LinkedIn and Hey, if they have a podcast, one of the best ways to get in touch with them is to send them feedback to their feedback mm-hmm. number and an mm-hmm. audio feedback would be really, really great. So, so, oh yes, that is a great way to do it. Yeah. Because they're usually, cause everybody wants to get feedback, especially on a podcast and they're more apt to read your email or your audio if it's sent to their email. Because a lot of people, especially if they have a podcast, obviously not everybody has a podcast, but um, that does happen. So it would be. And when you reach. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. When you reach out to them, be sure in the subject line to include their first name. Mm -hmm. If you email. Does that work? I mean, yeah, it shows that it's not a gross email. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and spell the name correctly yeah, because I've had people correct. like do that to me though and they misspell my name and I'm always like dude yeah why did you do that do you not anyway so yeah. so yes thank you so much for being on the show yeah thank you oh my you're so cool I think you're the only other girl I know that says dude as much as I do just <laughs> so many points in my book now if I can only get you to say rad every other word oh yeah. that's it we'd be soul sisters oh my god no it comes out it comes out all the time so yeah <laughs> So thank you, and we will talk to you ladies next week. Bye-bye. Bye.